John Krasinski wields some slick filmmaking skills with the suspenseful thriller A Quiet Place. And you had better not be crunching popcorn too loudly while watching it. That's my topic on Film Bits number 19. cinephiles welcome once again to the film bits podcast episode number one nine i am matt and i am your host and today we're going to talk about a genre that i don't normally get to talk about suspense slash thriller slash horror i guess you could call it not one of my particularly favorite genres but a quiet place debuted a few nights ago and it's a very good movie so wanted to take some time and address what is good about this film. The IMDb synopsis is as follows. A family is forced to live in silence while hiding from creatures that hunt by sound. That's a very simple synopsis for a very simple movie. It's directed by John Krasinski of The Office fame with writing credits going to John Krasinski as well as Brian Wood's and Scott Beck. Now this may come as a surprise to you, but this was not John Krasinski's first rodeo as a director. A couple of years ago, he directed a film called The Hollers in 2016, which I have not seen and don't know anything about, but I feel like A Quiet Place has really put Krasinski on the radar as a talented filmmaker, so I'm definitely going to be checking this movie out that he directed a couple of years ago and watching what he does in the future with future projects. A Quiet Place is an extremely solid outing for him. It's a squeaky clean, simple story, as I mentioned in the onset, and it's all centered around a wonderfully clever premise, the premise of silence. And it doesn't feel gimmicky at all, as perhaps it would with a less talented filmmaker or writer. This movie is absolutely rife with suspense. Hitchcock and Shyamalan, the good Shyamalan, would be proud of what he had done here. And this combo of silence and suspense was amazingly effective. And it made for a really unique movie-going experience in the theater. Again, I'm known as a stickler for noisy audiences. I believe everyone should just shut up at the cinema. But this was not an issue for this movie. The tension on screen virtually forced the audience to be silent, probably subconsciously, but I could hear a pin drop in the auditorium that I watched this film in. The acting cast had to be on their toes because of this. There's very little dialogue. It relies very heavily on sign language as communication in the film between characters And so reliance was on facial expressions and the physical presence of the acting talent. And they all did very well, especially the young cast members. Marco Beltrami, as usual, delivered a wonderful score. It was subtle, quiet, um, had a lot of suspenseful tones, but it was laced with hauntingly beautiful passages that captured the peril of the setting. 
So overall, this is a really strong film. I only have minor complaints about it that I'll talk about in the deep dive, but Krasinski really flexed his muscles as a young, fairly inexperienced filmmaker. And it's a fairly clean movie as well. There's no language or sex. There's a little bit of blood and gore, um, but it's mostly just very strong suspense. So definitely whip out your movie pass and go check this one out. As usual, for anyone wanting to stick around for my deep dive into the film, you've been warned, there are spoilers ahead. But I really want to talk about some unique components of this movie. I think there's a lot of great talking points. And one of the things I really liked about this movie is how it sets the stage. Krasinski really wanted us to know what the stakes were from the beginning. How so? Well, plain and simply put, he kills off a toddler. Yes, the young character Bo Abbott, who is only a toddler, played by Cade Woodward, is enamored by a space shuttle toy. And after having it taken away by his father for being too noisy, it's secretly given back to him by his big sis named Reagan, played by Millicent Simmons. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about her in a couple of minutes. But the result is that little Bo fires this thing up and subsequently gets eaten by the monsters. It's a really tense and terrifying scene in the very beginning of the movie. And again, this is how we open the story. So from the beginning, not only do we now understand the danger of this story, but we have a central group of characters broken by this event. And we have to watch the after effects of this event as the story progresses. It's really effective writing because you have a grieving father harboring resentment towards his daughter for her actions. You've got the other little brother named Marcus, played by a young man named Noah Jupe, stricken with deathly fear because of the event. And then obviously a young girl burdened with the guilt of being responsible for her baby brother's death. And all of these character arcs are nicely developed throughout the movie and eventually and appropriately resolved at the end of the movie. So again, awesome job to the writers here. The opening act, it moves a little slow, but it, it focuses nicely on this family's life. It's a kind of different take on the whole post-apocalyptic setting. But just seeing how they survive is interesting in the opening act of this movie. They're all fluent in sign language. They pour sand on the ground everywhere they walk to mask the sound and vibrations of their footsteps. They're always barefoot. They play board games with cloth and cotton-looking pieces that make no noise. And they even build a soundproof room in a basement for the expected baby that Emily Blunt's character will eventually give birth to in the film. But the main star of the show is the monsters. It is a monster movie at its core. And it may be a little cliche, but Krasinski nicely shies away from showing too much monster too soon. I know that's an old Hollywood trick, but it's effective and it's widely used in creature features. I mentioned Shyamalan earlier, the good Shyamalan, jokingly. We all know the ups and downs of his career, but he used a similar trick in his film Signs, which I think is one of his stronger movies. Um, as you remember in Signs, 
that movie is also built on suspense and we don't really get glimpses of the alien invaders in that movie until key moments in the film. So all we get initially in this film are terrifying flashes of fast-moving, almost spider-like creatures. But we eventually see that they are loosely humanoid. They've got long, um, backwards-bent insect-like legs and walk on all fours, kind of like primates. And they have hideous, eyeless skulls with large mouths and massive cochlear openings on the side of their heads, hence their super hearing ability. But this kind of transitions into one of my complaints about the movie, and it is a minor complaint, but the monster design is, it's good, it's scary, it's gross, but Hollywood has this trend the last few years of all monsters kind of looking the same. They all look like they're they're carved out of the same mold lately, and this one follows suit, sadly. I immediately think of the Cloverfield monsters from both of the theatrically released Cloverfield films. The Demogorgon from Stranger Things. All of these monsters are starting to look the same. And my other gripe with these monsters is how their demise was worked into the story. And that's more of a writing problem. I just simply didn't believe it. By random accident... They discover that loud, high-frequency noises weaken and cripples the monsters to a point where their tough outer armor peels back enough to shoot and kill them. So my question is, after seeing this on screen, if a powerful alien race with ultra-sensitive hearing was destroying humanity and descended upon the Earth... Wouldn't exploiting that ability with piercing sound be one of the first things that scientists would try? Maybe I've watched way too much science fiction in my life, but that was a very obvious flaw to me. And this is nitpicking, I know, but I couldn't overlook that as an audience member. And it's honestly a rather small issue with an otherwise solid movie. To highlight just how suspenseful this movie was and how effective it was, there was an amazing scene midway through this film where Emily Blunt's character goes into labor with said baby, steps on a nail barefoot and it goes all the way through her foot, and is stalked by one of these creatures all while trying to be silent. There's so many things going on. And it's a fantastic display of the brand of suspense throughout this movie. And I briefly mentioned the cast, all of whom did a marvelous job with a truly unorthodox role. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt have great chemistry on screen. True, they're married in real life, but it plays well on screen. And Millicent Simmons, she plays the young daughter, Reagan. Um, she's a standout in this movie. She's actually deaf in real life. And even in a mode of acting centered around sign language, her talent is quite apparent. And I really hope that, um, that her performance opens the door to other talented deaf actors to land marquee roles. So I thought that was a highlight of the film. And as I referenced earlier, there were character subplots in this story that were tied off nicely. Lee Abbott, the father, is 
able to reconcile his love for his daughter before ultimately sacrificing himself. Young Marcus Abbott is able to overcome his crippling fear and act bravely in the third act of this film. And Reagan Abbott is able to redeem herself by discovering how to save her family. And all of these strengths come in a neatly packaged 90-minute movie. You know, sometimes that 90-minute mark is a lost art in films. So many movies these days get bloated up to the two, two-and-a-half-hour range. And for some epic and grand stories, that's fine. But sometimes you just need a simple story. And John Krasinski delivers that. So in conclusion, I obviously have mostly all good things to say about this movie. I would definitely recommend it, and I'm definitely going to be watching John Krasinski's career with great interest to see what he does next as a filmmaker and what he has lined up for audiences. So I appreciate everyone taking some time to hear my thoughts on this movie. The busy movie season is definitely cranking up. Um, I actually just saw a screening of Isle of Dogs, which is an adorable Wes Anderson movie and finally came to a theater in my valley. So I'm probably going to drop an episode on that. And then, folks, we are only a week away from the end of the world. Or I'm assuming it's going to be the end of the world when Thanos arrives and kills every single Avenger. Or at least the ones whose movie contracts are up. So look forward to those episodes for anybody who loyally listens to my show. Again, I definitely appreciate you guys. Check me out on the Facebook page, SoundCloud, um, the other platforms where you can hear the show, Google Play, Apple iTunes. And I appreciate you guys. Have a great day.